All right, uh, we are in uh, week three of our series, final week of uh, the series that we called You Can't. And uh, I want to welcome those of you that are worshiping with us at home or on a device somewhere, maybe at a coffee shop or somewhere. We're glad that you've been worshiping with us. You know, so much of life seems relatively black and white, and yet there are times where things seem kind of more gray. And there are seasons of life where it feels like we're just living the dream, and there are seasons of life where the challenge is very real. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I think is extremely important because sometimes life can just be tough. And whether it's through your own personal experience or the experiences that you're aware of in the lives around you, it seems as though uh, either yourself or someone you know is, is uh, in a season where things are good, dealing with a valley, or coming out of a difficult time. And uh, I know that that's pretty close to the reality in our lives. And, and if you're like me, what happens when you find out that someone is going through a tough time, you want to just have the perfect thing to say to make it better. Have you ever been there before? Like you want to just say the right thing that could be an encouragement, that could be kind of the oomph that someone needs when they're going through a tough time. And, um, and I know that sometimes we, we give these little snippets of advice and we say some things that we think might be helpful. And I wonder if you've ever thought about this. What if the guidance we're giving or receiving just isn't true? Have you ever thought about that before? This weekend, we're going to look at what may be one of the biggest misbeliefs about God. And it seems that whenever life starts spiraling out of control, I don't know if you've been there. I have been there personally before where you're like, I just don't know if I could take one more thing. Have you ever been there before where it's just like so much? And it, there's a lot of things that are happening in, 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 in our lives, and I know some of your stories, but clearly I don't know them all. And so today I want to speak to some of you that are going through some challenges. And you, again, might be worshiping at home, and, and you're going through a very, very difficult time right now. And, and I, I don't know what it is. It could be relational issues, and it could be that you've lost a loved one recently, um, maybe it's something to do with this economy that we're in and instability of jobs or economics, or maybe you're just really overwhelmed and you're struggling with anxiety or depression. It could be any number of things because life can be so complicated. And sometimes it just seems like the weight of life just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And uh, then uh, you might be in that place where you feel like you just can't take any more. And isn't it interesting that in those times, some Sometimes a, a well-meaning Christ follower will come up to you and, and they'll say something like this while you're in the middle of a really big challenge. They'll say to you, well, you know, the Lord will never give you more than you can handle. Have you ever heard that before? And maybe you've even said that before. And, uh, you know, for me, when some well-meaning individual uh, tells me that and they say that, I just keep thinking to themselves, jeesh. Uh, maybe you've thought this too, God must think a whole lot more of me than I do, right? Uh, because I feel like I know myself pretty well, and I'm just at wit's end here, and I, I, God must think I'm a stud because clearly I'm not a stud, and I'm, I'm struggling now. I'm struggling. And some of you have probably felt, and as a matter of fact, when people say things like that, it's not uncommon for that to, to even cause a deeper level of anxiety or depression or frustration when we say these things. So I just want to clear this up once and for all. Okay, ready? God never said that, and the Bible doesn't say it either. 
As a matter of fact, that's not even close to being true. And this should be good news to someone who's felt like they were on the brink of, of at that break, breaking point, and you're wondering, why? Why is it that I feel this way? Because, you know, I've heard them say, whoever them are, God will never give you more than you can handle. And if you haven't been there, uh, it's likely someday you will. And when that happens, you're thinking, maybe I'm just not as dialed in as these people are. Or maybe, maybe this God that, that we think we kind of know a little bit is just missing some details because my details are so overwhelming. I, I, I just don't even understand or think about how this could be possible. And, and so today, just very quickly, I want to unpack for you where I think this misunderstanding comes from. Very quickly, if you have your Bibles, you could turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We're just in this verse for just a minute. Uh, there's a misunderstanding and for sure a misquotation of this powerful verse in Scripture that I think has kind of caused this, this feeling and this uh, unhealthy advice that sometimes we've heard. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Apostle Paul is writing and he says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. This is a great promise. And God is faithful. He will not let you be, and what's this word? Say it together. That's not good enough. Better. He will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now that's another whole sermon for another whole weekend, but I'm just begging you to quit misquoting this one. Because this is about temptation and that God won't uh, allow there to be temptations that there aren't a way out of. And that is a whole different message. Um, the good news is that God will also provide a way out for us. This scripture and this scripture never says that God will put you in a place or, or that any difficulty that you may face will not be one that you can't endure in your own strength, God. Somehow we've communicated that God has given us everything that, that we can stand on in our own strength to make it through tough times. That's not what God says. As a matter of fact, can I tell you something that I have found to be true when I read this book? This book is actually a narrative of a whole bunch of really amazing people that dealt with very impossible situations. This is the underlying theme of some of what we read throughout Scripture as we read story after story of these real people's lives that faced insurmountable circumstances and somehow were able to make it through. And we think about people like Abraham, and we think about Joseph, my goodness, Joseph's story, and Gideon, and how about Esther, and Moses, and King Saul, and David, David, the man after God's own heart, His, the descriptions of the things that each of these people have walked through in their lives is just absolutely overwhelming. And yet at the same time, it's encouraging because they were able to make it. But they, by their own declare, declarative statement, said, I can't do it. Listen to what David said in Psalm 38, verse 4. He said, my guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. Have you ever been there? overwhelmed with guilt. Now listen, look at verse eight. I am exhausted, David said, and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. Whew. He's talking about difficult times. He's at his wit's end. He doesn't have what it's gonna take to pull through. Even Jesus in the New Testament, in the Garden of Gethsemane on the way to the cross, Listen to what happened in Mark chapter 14, verse 33. He took Peter, James, and John with him. 
And look at this, he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. And so we read all throughout scriptures these stories of real people that walked through extremely difficult and overwhelming situations. So here's my main thought. I hope this is an encouragement to you. When I can't, it's okay. God can. When I can't, it's okay. God can. In fact, for those of you that are in this moment under the weight and and feeling the pressure of difficult circumstances, if you don't feel like you have what it takes, welcome to the club. But in my experience and from reading scripture, there are some very unique things that happen when we walk through these seasons. And I want to encourage you with this today. Why would God allow you to have more than you can handle? A couple of things. The first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this, that you would learn to depend on his presence. You see, he wants you to be passionate about his presence in your life, to be aware and to live aware. But haven't you noticed that when things are going good, we stop living aware? Have you had that happen? I want to caution some of you today that are in this room or watching and worshiping online that that if you're going through a season where things seem to be pretty great right now, don't you dare neglect the responsibility of staying connected to the presence of God. This is very important. It's too easy for us to kind of just kind of be a little dismissive when we're riding the wave of life going good. Everything's going great and really what we want more than anything is for God to just keep it going great, right? Right? But oh boy, when things aren't going so well, you start remembering God because it's in those tough times that you become so desperate for him, so desperate for his presence. We need him during our distress and often overlook him in our success. Many of you know our story. Several years ago in 2018, our oldest son was in the ICU, hanging to life by a thread. And I can remember some long, lonely nights in the ICU room watching the machines beeping and trying to monitor all of the things that were going on as he was just struggling for life. And can I just tell you that if someone would have just well-meaningly stopped by ICU room 23 at Sky Ridge and said, you know, Pastor Doug, be encouraged. The Lord will never give you more than you can handle. You know what I would want to do? (laughs) See how they handle a throat punch, you know? Because it's just not true. It's not reality. And, and here's what I also believe to be true for, for those of you that have relationships and care deeply about people. God wants to use you this week to be his hands and feet extended to those that are going through tough times. And we talk about this a lot. As a community of faith, I believe that God will put you on mission this week to be an encouragement to someone. And you're either going to hear someone's story or someone is going to come to mind and your heart will be impressed that, that somebody's got something going on. I want you to pay close attention to that because God wants to use his people to be his hands and feet an extension of his love and his care and his presence. Do you know sometimes your presence helps others experience and know God's presence? And so when you're going through a tough time, don't you want someone to just come and be with you? to care. It's amazing when the phone rings and you're like, how did you know this is what I'm going through? 
So let me also speak to those of you that are in that smoother season of life. As a word of caution, don't allow your connection to the presence of God wane in the middle of your successes. In the middle of those seasons where things are going well, hold tight. Because when the desperate times come, that's not the time you want to sharpen your relationship with God. You want to be ready before those times come. And listen, I'm thrilled if a tough time draws someone to the Lord. Because I'm all about people experiencing and knowing the the reality of a relationship with him. But we need to know and and be ready to deal with these seasons of life when things are difficult and to become very dependent in the good times and the bad times on the presence of our God. And sometimes when we get into these tough seasons, our mind can play tricks with us and the enemy works overtime and he causes us to have questions and doubt and we think if God were with me, this wouldn't be happening and I don't know how God would miss these details in my life Uh, If he's all powerful, man, have you ever had this thought? If I was God, I'm fixing that right now. And let me remind you that when the tough times come, when when I can't, it's okay. It's okay. Because God can. Every now and again, when the winds blow and the waves crash, life will be tough. And this week, either for yourself personally or someone you know, you need to be reminded, when I can't, God can. There's a promise to the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 31. It's one that should give us encouragement today because our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Deuteronomy 31.6, the challenge to the nation of Israel was to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them as they were facing their enemy. And this, listen to this. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So why would God allow you to experience more than you can handle? Because in those moments, we have a tendency to go after and to hold tightly to the presence of God. There's something about tough times. Sometimes it's to teach us to depend on him and to lead you in the challenge to call on him. In Psalm 145, 18, the psalmist said this. This is a promise. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And you needed to hear that today. You need to be reminded of his nearness and that we need to call on him. And some of you right now, you may be in the presence of a storm instead of wondering why God is allowing all this to happen. My challenge to you this week is to remember what we're talking about and be passionate about his presence. Remember these promises because they are true. For example, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, yeah, suck it up. You got all you need. He says, come to me. When you're overwhelmed and the burdens are heavy, come and when you're weary, come and I will give you rest. It's almost like he knew there were gonna be some tough times in life. So he gives us these promises. So why would God allow you to have more than you can handle? First, to learn to depend on his presence and second, to rely on his power. And this is unique because we live in a very self-sufficient culture, don't we? Where to admit that you need help is to say that I am weak. And so we try and suck it up. And, and listen, men, we're good at this, right? We should 
be able to handle it all until we can't. So rather than trying to pretend like we can handle it all, how about if we just live authentically knowing that we need to rely on his power? You see, we need help in our weakness. And this is a completely different way of thinking. I love it when someone says, ah, yeah, dog, you're kind of just that Jesus-loving freaky guy. I'm like, yeah, kind of. They're like, what do you need a crutch through life? And I'm like, yeah, I really do. I do. And you know, that'd be great if I could have the power of the creator of the universe at work in my life. That seems like a pretty good deal. And so we need to be aware of and rely on his power. And too many of us are trying to do life on our own. And here's a different perspective on weakness from the Apostle Paul. It's powerful. He had this issue that he was dealing with, and he called it his weakness. And, and this is what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. When he talked to the Lord about it, he said, Each time God said, My grace is all you need. And then look, look at this promise. God says, My power works best in weakness. Why? Because we're relying on him. We're not trying to do it on our own. So watch how this perspective changes. So now Paul says, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. Who does that? Paul. So why? That the power of Christ can, be, can work through me. Look at verse 10. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. Look at this last sentence. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In Romans chapter 8, great chapter that talks about this. And it tells us that, that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And then in verse 28, it says this, and, and it's a promise that we need to hold on to. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So this week I, I read of this story, and it just touched the daddy, daddy part of my heart. There was this dad uh, who had a young toddler at home and and uh, the dad was moving uh, his office from the first floor to the second floor and his uh, kid was kind of tagging along and his son said dad can I can I help you can I help you move some of this stuff up he said of course son run down to the office and and grab something and and carry it up here that would I would love to have your help and so this little boy with eyes bigger than his biceps found the biggest book in his dad's office and he picked that thing up and he started lugging it towards the stairs and his arms started shaking and he got up the first step and he thought he was going to just lose it. So he just sat down on the second step and he started to cry because he felt like he had failed. And his dad comes downstairs to get the next load and he sees his son sitting there. He's like, son, what's the wrong? And he, he said, dad, he's like, I just can't carry it. It's just too heavy. And so his dad reaches down and he picks up his son and the book. And he walked him upstairs to his office, set his son down and said, put the book down, son. Thanks for your help. And that's for someone today that needs to be reminded of how big and how strong and how caring and how God's presence is real and his power is real because when we are facing those overwhelming circumstances in life, sometimes, isn't it good to know that we got a dad that can just pick us and our heavy burden? and get us to where we need to be. Why would God allow you to have more than you can handle? Maybe maybe it's because he wants you in this season to draw very, very close to him. 
And maybe it's because he wants you to learn how to experience and know his power at work in your life. And so here's the deal. Sometimes when I have opportunity to speak about these kinds of things, I kind of get a heavy heart because although, again, I don't know everyone's story, I know that there's people within the sound of my voice that are dealing with some overwhelming things in your life. And when we talk about these kinds of things, they can almost sound a little too good to be true, and it can feel a little bit like we're in old school Sunday school class, and yeah, there you go, Doug, but you don't know my circumstance, right? And sometimes when we read these things, we want it to be true, but it doesn't feel like it's true, and sometimes we just need to hear, we need to hear someone else share the story of how in the midst of very, very challenging times, God's presence has been real, and God's power has been real, so that we know that this isn't just a fairy tale, but that this is instead truth. And so today, for the one that is walking through a tough time right now, and you're struggling because of life circumstances, and when you hear this, you're just almost overwhelmed, I want you to know that even though this is a simple message, I realize it's complex. And I realize pursuing God's presence and knowing God's power is sometimes easier said than done. Today, you need to have hope. You need to know that this is for real. So will you direct your attention to the screens? We were both born and raised in New York City. I was an ER nurse in Brooklyn for so many years. I finally got my dream job as a police officer for NYPD that I waited years for. Everything was perfect for us. There was no thought in our minds ever uh, to leave New York City. We had two boys. Anthony was four and Marco was two years old when Gracie was born. And she was born a healthy baby. And then right after her one-year-old birthday, she started having seizures. One night I was giving her a bath and she actually was splashing the water and then her head dropped into the water. And I thought, you know, she'll just come right back up again, you know, like a kid does all the time. But she didn't, I had to grab her and lift her up. Uh, at that point she stopped breathing. Um, I called 911, speaking to the same dispatchers that I work with, telling them this is my house and someone to my house to help my kid. And then a couple weeks later, she had another one. Why is she having seizures? When she was about 18 months old, we were told that she had a really severe form of epilepsy. So the condition progressively gets worse. The seizures are controlled. They're not controlled by medications, prescriptions, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Children don't usually last past, I believe, like 16 years. 20% chance that they don't make it to adulthood. When your kid is suffering and you can't help them, you feel helpless. That is the, the worst feeling ever. We didn't know if we wanted to cry, if we wanted to scream. Both of us were just numb. We kept thinking to ourselves, why God? Like, why us? All we, you know, our both of our careers were just about serving others and helping others. And it was hard to be close to God. It was hard to see him through all this. When you have a child with special needs or you're a primary caregiver for an, uh, a child or an adult, every day is a struggle to get up and just do it over and over and over again. It really is taxing on your mind, on your body. Definitely put a strain on our marriage. There was times where, you know, we weren't sure we can last any longer. Grace, she was 
on nine seizure drugs. None of them were working. She was being admitted to the hospital two, three times a month. We had not one sliver of hope. We were just completely crushed. I was on social media and someone was talking about uh, medical treatments in Colorado and I started looking into it. And then I came to find out that the only way to obtain this treatment is to move to Colorado. And of course, in the beginning, it was like, no, we're not moving. Absolutely not moving. And then of course, Grace just kept getting worse and worse. And we flew out here one day, just me and Anna uh, to check out you know, the situation here in Colorado. And then we were like, mm, I don't think this is for us. You know, this, this is a crazy move. Uh, and then we got on the plane and then, you know, a series of events happened on the plane that forced us to have conversations with people, total strangers on the plane that completely changed our way of thinking. It was almost like as if God came down himself and was like, do I need to bonk you on the head? Because this is what you need to do. Like he told us, this is what you need to do and I'm not going to take anything less than that. It was just a whirlwind of events. It was like, okay, like once we got the green light, we're moving to Colorado to save Gracie. There was no looking back. God was opening doors. God was allowing us to get the right job, to live in the right neighborhood, to find the right church and the right community and meet the right physicians and, and put us in the, in the right spot in order to optimize Grace's health. When Gracie started having seizures, she would regress with every seizure, lose her language, not be able to walk, and we'd have to do really intense therapies just to bring her up back to where she was before it would take months. Um, after starting the treatment in Colorado, we noticed a big difference where she would retain all of her, the skills. The physicians in New York kept telling us that she would regress and eventually be in a wheelchair and nonverbal, but that was the opposite, that was not happening. We really started to pray for God to help her communicate with us. God truly performed a miracle where she just started talking out of the clear blue. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Hello, everyone. I got me a doggy salad with two tumbles, tomato, and cabbage. And now her little voice is just so clear, and she's able to communicate all these words and sentences and have a conversation. Oh, yeah, write a heart for Miss Marie. She's growing. She's not regressing anymore. She's able to walk and ride a bike and do things that she would never do before. And yes, does she still have seizures? Yes. Is her disease still really alive? It is, but her, we could tell that her little body is not suffering every day like she was before. Recently, we found out that Grace is eligible for a clinical trial, which could actually change um, her genetic mutation and be life-saving. So we're waiting for a phone call from her physician to see if she could start that. Which would be a cure for her, which is something that we never imagined that would happen. But no matter what happens, what the outcome is for Grace, good or bad, the Lord is still sovereign. 
And when things are out of our control, they are never out of God's control. And that's the God we serve. God has been working this whole time. Even though we don't see it, He is working. And no matter what you're going through, just know that He loves you and that He is there. If I focus on what I'm going through, if I focus on Grace's illness, if I focus on the fact that I'm exhausted and that I'm tired and I don't think I could do it anymore, I just spiral into that self-pity. If I focus on Him, He gives me strength. We would have ignored him and we would have made him our strength i think we would have just fallen apart there's something bigger than us there's something bigger than than this world and that's him and that's what we need to keep focused on good or bad we say we came here to save grace but in actually grace saved us through him can you guys help me thank biagio and anna for sharing some of their story you're sitting right there. <clears throat> Love you guys. I think I can see you. Where are you? Wave your hand. There you are. Love you guys. <clears throat> you, you learn a lot about people when you watch them go through difficult challenges. And this is so hard. Biagio and Anna, their, their story, and the boys and Gracie, it's just incredible. And they have lots of tradition of religion back home. And they got here and they got plugged in. And it's been such a joy, you guys, to watch your relationship with Jesus flourish, even in the middle of such hard times. They're dear friends of Beth and I, and, and uh, they serve here at church. Many times they have to swap services because of responsibilities at home with Gracie for sure get care and I love that you guys are at church together today it's, it's, and uh, Anna's now on staff with us helping with our special needs program she's leading the charge there and that's something there's a mom that cares deeply about <clears throat> others that are going through the same challenges or similar challenges and uh, I'm very grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for the way you have, with such dignity and grace, walked with Gracie and the boys through this. Uh, so uh, thank you for your example of what we're talking about today. And so I'm going to ask you guys to remember to pray about this, the possibility that they have to get Gracie into this study. That, And, and if this is God's will, that this thing would happen. And and we believe that God could heal her. That would be an amazing, amazing thing. And so we're going to keep praying with you about that. But I wanted this to be an encouragement today to someone that's going through some tough times. And our stories all look different, right? The details aren't the same, but our God is the same. And in the middle of those circumstances of life that are so overwhelming, when you feel like you can't, it's okay. It's okay. Because God can Will you bow your head for just a moment? Whether you're at home or you're in this room, I know that there are people that needed to hear this message today. And if that's you, would you just keep your head bowed? Everybody's heads bowed. Would you just raise your hand real quick and say, Doug, I needed this one today. Would you just raise your hand? All the stories are different. Yep, we see them. 
Father, you see these hands and, and even those that are at home that are worshiping with us that are going through tough times. Lord, you see those individuals too. And so God, in this moment, we're praying. We're praying that you will help us to, to walk through the challenges that were faced in our life with a pursuit of your presence and your power. And I thank you for this truth from the word of God. And I thank you, Lord, for Biagio and Anna and their family and the way that they continue, Lord, to walk through this very, very challenging circumstance. And Lord, I'm praying that we would see breakthroughs. I'm praying for a breakthrough for Gracie. Lord, I'm praying for breakthroughs in the lives of those that are, have been enduring challenge for a long, long time. And Lord, will you help us to know this week your presence in a different kind of way? And when we've got nothing left, Lord, will you help us to know your power in a real way too? And I thank you that these are truths from the word of God, not just good ideas, not just cliches, but truths that we can stand on. We love you, Father. Speak to us. Continue to confirm these things now. Help us this week to know how to reach out to those that are going through tough times. To be your hands and feet and your words of encouragement that might be the exact thing that someone needs to pull through their tough time. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. We stand to your feet. We want to sing today a song that will be an exclamation point to what we've talked about because we're We've been talking about how in the midst of all of these challenges, our God is still there and he's real. But I thought that this would be awesome because if you know Gracie, she loves to sing. And so would you be okay if Gracie leads us today by way of video? Would that be awesome? And here's the challenge. As you watch this, man, be challenged because what she is singing, even though she might not know all the details, is absolutely 100% the truth. So now allow your heart to be touched by this pure little heart that loves to sing a song that we're going to sing together. Watch this. Every day in the kitchen, we have worship music going, and Gracie really likes, there's two songs that she really likes. I Raise a Hallelujah is one of them, and Waymaker is her second favorite song. Just a few years ago, she wasn't even able to communicate with us, and now she's singing Waymaker. Just to hear her little voice sing, worshiped is just I think a blessing in itself. It's amazing how Waymaker is her song. I don't think she truly grasps what it means but that's her song. It's the perfect song for her story. When we thought there wasn't a way, God was working to make a way. 